0: Hi, I'm Allison Hare, and today I am 49 years old. Yep, that's right. It is my birthday. 49 and closer to fine, if any Barbie fans are out there. I am bringing the BSE, Big Scorpio Energy. And I'm also a former corporate executive on a quest to help you and I live, work, and play in full alignment. Welcome to the Late Learner Podcast, where we like to take old paradigms we are all just living in and bust them up to find ways that just work better for us both. So what are we late learning today? Well, today is a bit of a life update from me. And to be honest, I have been wanting to do this for months, but I kept pushing it off as I'm sharing something really, really personal and big, and I wasn't sure if I was going to do this. And I want to make sure you listen all the way through today. And I'm kind of sharing some truths that are not going to be anything you've heard anywhere else and today we are going to be raw we are going to go deep and this episode could very well be the catalyst that changes everything for you in the best possible way and you know i really debated whether to talk about this publicly at all and i will forewarn you i can curse sometimes so if you've got kids in the car Maybe press pause and check back in when they aren't there. But fuck it, let's dive in. But before we do, it's time for the good stuff. What is stuff? Stuff stands for surprisingly true, useful fun facts. And today's fun fact has me feeling a little bit itchy. A study out of the UK revealed that one in five women are embracing their body hair and shaving less. I am torn on this one. When you consider how much women go through to appear beautiful and the concept of attractiveness requires normalizing a lot of modification that we don't even think about. I think about wearing makeup or coloring your hair or shaving our body hair off or lasering it off. I did that years ago. I did laser. Getting your fake-ass nails all pretty. Not to mention Botox, fillers, lash extensions, hair extensions, all of it. So while it never occurred to me that it was an unrealistic ideal to painstakingly maintain this youthful appearance, I applaud those who can embrace their more natural state and That is some real strength and confidence because I am still hanging on by a thread to maintain my youthful glow and at great cost. Like, what do you think? Would you do it? Would you burn the bras, not wear the spanks, and let your inner thighs proudly rub together? Would you grow that 70s bush back? (laughs) Let me know. All right, back on my bullshit. I freaking love that saying, I don't know why. So I have so much to tell you about from the past few months and you know what this feels like, you know, when you haven't seen your friend for so long, you know, like you've had so much happen and you don't know where to start. Do you overshare and dump it all out or just sit and listen to you and let the conversation fall where it may. That's kind of how I feel right now. So if you're new to me and this show, let me quickly introduce myself and let you know what to expect. First of all, thank you so much for being here and listening. And I swear to you, my love language is when somebody starts off a sentence with, I was listening to your podcast about whatever. And OMG, it has changed everything for me. Or... I'll see you sharing these episodes on your socials and telling me that you've been discussing the topics in your own circle or like, huh, I've got a question about it. And y'all, I am really astounded by the impact and reach of Late Learner. And this is all you, right? Like, I am so proud to say that this is an award-winning show. It is ranked in the top 1.5% worldwide that has everything to do with you and me doing this together. You could call it alchemy, I guess, you know? I've had more than my fair share of people calling me, texting, sending voice memos in tears that you felt seen, or you found a new perspective, or a new methodology, or learned about an amazing expert through this show that has made all the difference for you, unlocked answers, helped you find a new way. I'm so grateful to be part of this journey with you. And it is such an honor to show up at this microphone and bring you new, fresh ideas every time I publish. And I truly do happy dances whenever I hear from you or you respond to my weekly emails. And I have to admit, being connected to you in this way is a total drug for me. I've had this podcast for four and a half years, and many of you have been with me the whole time. You've shared it with your friends. You've left reviews, all of it. So thank you. I'm glad you're here. Please keep doing it. And if you're new here, I'm going to give you the skinny version catch up. And I was raised by a stay-at-home mom of six kids. And I wonder if you have a similar story. I'm astounded how many people have heard the same thing from their mom. But my mother beat it into my head. Allison, never rely on a man to make money. Always make your own. You know, again, my mom was a stay-at-home mom with six kids. My dad traveled internationally. He was not home a lot. So my mom was doing a lot, right? And, you know, I took that Never rely on a man to make money. Always make your own. I took that as a badge of honor. And throughout my entire life, I chose a safe and lucrative corporate life in software sales. And honestly, I've always been a workaholic, you know, and I felt the longing. And and I think that workaholism was, my father was a workaholic, but my mom, like just that drive of never rely on a man to make money. Always make your own. Always make your own. Always do it, do it, do it. And I felt the longing of my creative side, that if I'm being honest, I never thought of myself as creative, but my passion has always been in speaking. And specifically, my dream was to be a radio DJ for a cool alternative rock station. I have a degree in broadcasting, but my mom's imploring directive, never rely on a man to make money. Always make your own. This just went on repeat in my brain. And at every career turn, my entire professional life, I've always picked the money. And until that drive, you know, that passion, that purpose, all of that got me to an executive level at some of the largest high tech companies in the world. At the same time, I've always kind of worked with this drive, this mission, like I'm running, you know, from. From not having choices and opportunities, because I think in my mom's world, she didn't go to college. She went to um, she went to Europe and studied her voice. She was an opera singer, and then she came back to the states. She met my dad. My dad was 14 years older, you know, and she stayed at home. She never, you know, went to college. She didn't have like a, a, a professional experience. And so she kind of implored it in us, you know, me and my sisters, never rely on a man to make money, always make your own. And, you know, like this drive, I worked so hard in the corporate world for so many decades and it burned me all the way out. And last year I walked away from my corporate career last year with no plan. I do not recommend this approach, by the way. But I told my husband, give me six months to figure this out. And I've been on an odyssey and that odyssey is to hear my own voice again and unwind all of the programming that tells me that a paycheck is more important than a career that just didn't feel quite right. And so I went down some very conventional paths, but the really interesting stuff happened with the unconventional exploration. I mean, you name it, I was doing it. Psychedelic assisted therapy, solo overnight hikes, 12 hour walks, hiking the tallest peaks in each state, exploring my faith, you know, working with a shaman, uh, endurance challenges, energy healers. God, I love my energy healers. I wanted to do a quick sidebar on that note. If you can relate. In some of my most challenging times ever, I always go down all the traditional paths to help me through it. But in almost every single extreme case, the energy healers unlock the biggest answers for me. I mean, I'm serious when I tell you that one tarot reading, one, literally reversed a deep state that I was in many years ago. When I was struggling with body dysmorphia, disordered eating and orthorexia, one tarot reading, but I digress. You'll know that when, you know, if if you're new to me, I love the very practical, factual kind of analytical side, but I believe that the magic is where like, not everything can be explained. That's the definition of faith, right? So I really do believe in, in a blend of it both, you know? And so... You know, this most recent journey has been life-changing Is I've been documenting it here. Like all those things, you know, those unconventional paths I've done in the past year, a lot of them were kind of new to me, you know, and so I've been documenting it here on the podcast and on my blog, and I would highly, highly recommend you get my weekly emails because they are pretty powerful hacks that I've been able to discover that can help you. So there are quick little hits, but you can go to allisonhair.com forward slash blog and sign up. Anyway, it has become crystal clear over this year that it was put in my heart and my mission to help high performing super women. You know the type, the super mom, the wonder woman type that gets everything done. And maybe it's you. You've got the big job, the fancy title, the nice house, the kids. You're at every game. You're shuttling each kid about everywhere. You're taking work meetings during your commute. You have accolades. You have praise at work. You are making sure homework gets done and dinner is on the table. You are the fixer. You are the glue that holds your world together, you're the one people call when they're hurting or need a connection or a solution or a resource because you're the strong one, you're the resourceful one, you are the go-to gal and the get shit done girl. And here's one of the, the biggest come to Jesus moments of reality hitting me in the face. I clearly know this woman because this was me. And the truth is, I love being the woman who does it all. I love it. I love being the go-to girl. But something happens when usually you might be in your 40s somewhere. You have checked all the boxes and you have overfunctioned for so freaking long that you are fucking tired. And not just that you need a nap, you're bone tired. You are soul tired. And you can sit in those quiet moments and your brain, it doesn't know how to turn off. You might even be wondering if you've forgotten how to enjoy life. It's almost like you beat yourself up. Like other people aren't criticizing you, but you are. You are, you can keep a good secret sometimes from yourself. And honestly, the harshest critic is the one in your head. And I mean, you're going so fast, right? Like your life is filled with lots of wonderful things. Maybe you've got a great family, a loving relationship, lots of praise and responsibility at work, but you aren't even able to truly enjoy it fully. You feel like a super speedy bullet train full of efficiency and productivity. You're rewarded for it. The society really, really rewards productivity and kind of doing it all. But no real destination is in view or one that is satisfying. And what I realized, and this is, this is the first time I'm going to say this out loud. I realized that. In my world, if anything were happened to me where I couldn't work and be everything to everybody and be this productive, I wasn't sure if I had value. Because I have worked so hard. To kind of be this superwoman? And if I wasn't, what do I have? You know, like that's what I want to walk in the door. That's what I want to walk in the door. And if I need help, what does that mean about me? And let me say this in a different way. And I'm not going to mince words here. I was afraid that if someone had to take care of me, I would not be worthy of love. Like there's such a deep sense of unworthiness somewhere in there. And this is the part which was a huge aha for me. And I've been in many, many closed rooms of highly accomplished women, women that are well-known or their brands are well-known. You will know them. And highly accomplished women, that almost every one of them, because of the pace of this, because this is kind of an epidemic, right? Where they quietly admitted in a safe space that they were lonely, they were tired, they were overwhelmed, and headed towards burnout, if not already there. And like the loneliness aspect was because who would understand how they would feel because they are the ones, right? And I don't want to talk about the symptoms. You know, like you hear people talk about go take a walk and I do that. Part of that part of my system is like going out in nature. I mean that's that's part it's it's a piece of it. You know, and and bubble baths and a an nice spa day might temporarily treat the symptoms, but they are just that. They are temporary. You still go back to the exact same life. I want to get to the root cause. Where does this unrelenting drive originate from? What happens if you stop? What happens if you keep going? What are you running from? Do you even have a goal to run that is beyond exciting to run towards anymore? Because let me guess, you've probably reached a lot of your goals already. So let's go deeper here. Again, we need to pull the weed out by its root to let something better grow in its place. And when you are working so hard, you're spinning all the plates, you're working your ass off to appear unfettered. And I want you to hear this and not be a burden to anyone ever. You got this. You got this. This is why you're so tired. This is why it feels like a never-ending mom hamster wheel, because the stakes are high. You might fantasize about quitting, but it's just that. It's a fantasy. Lots of people are depending on you to perform and be there, and you really do like being the woman who can do it all. But you're a smart cookie. You also know that normalizing the always-on, always-stressed, breakneck schedules just can't go on forever. I mean, you realize this, right? Like we normalize being bleary-eyed, exhausted, not getting a good night's sleep, you know, feeling irritable, snapping at our kids. We normalize the pain. We normalize it and say, well, this is the price. But I'm here to tell you, there is another way. There is another way. And you might notice that you might feel that pressure in your chest and wear your shoulders like earrings. Maybe that faint headache and that slow burn of anxiety is just part of your days now. You just deal with it, right? Once you hit your head on the pillow, you're exhausted, but your mind starts racing and processing everything it didn't have time to process during the day and you're taking melatonin at night just to try and get some sleep only to wake up randomly in the middle of the night and start your routine all over again is this you like do you relate to this it sure was me and as i work with women who are also in this boat i realize this wonder woman thing it's truly an epidemic And maybe I'll do an episode going deeper on this because I don't think I've ever heard anyone talking about the underlying fears of not being valued or loved, that if they drop even one plate or God forbid, even ask for help. And what I've found through helping women through this is it doesn't even occur to women like us that we would even need help. How crazy is that? We've normalized the pain or even the ego part. You know, if we're being honest, right? That tells yourself, I don't want to be a burden on anyone. Other people have it worse. I can handle it. And I wonder if those words, those four words are really the crux of the problem. Now that I say it out loud, actually, I can handle it. I can handle it. Of course you can. But what if you can let the guards down and have a trusted support system where you can ask for help and do it safely and know you're safe, drop what you can delegate, you know, drop what you can delegate, you know, or what doesn't serve you and go hard where you really want to. So these are some of the questions that have been going through my mind of how can I help you solve this problem in your life? And through working with my clients, I came up with a powerful framework to essentially empty out your overstuffed closet and systematically turn it into your dream closet, free of clutter, full of purpose. Metaphorically speaking, of course, you definitely don't want me literally reorganizing your closet. My head pops off when you even get me near a Pinterest board. But again, it is a three-part framework. I'm going to share it with you today. So hopefully this will be helpful to you when, you know, when we work together. The first thing we do is we recharge your batteries. And part of that is an exercise to identify what fuels you and what lights you up. And we release what you can and help you build meaningful white space back into your life. And remember when you think of a canvas, right? Some of the most beautiful parts of a painting are the white space. If it's too crowded, it starts to get all jumbled, right? So recharge, release, and lastly redesign. And we use creative experiments. So redesign using creative experiments. And ooh, the creative experiments part, that gets me so excited. That's where the real magic happens. And you begin to experience the life that you truly desire. So again, I want you to think about in your own life, what can you do to recharge? What can you do to release? And I even have a, a light up list to help you with the recharge. You can go to allisonhair.com forward slash light and download it. It's totally for free. You can get this. You can do this immediately. Uh, it's super helpful and it it's like a quick hit and it'll start to energize you. So recharge, release, redesign. And one of my clients, Danielle, uh, she put this into action and was able to hire another partner in her law firm. That, because she was drowning, right? Like she was doing it all. And she hired another partner. It helped her free up so much time that now she's creating an entirely new groundbreaking law firm, which is super exciting. So if you are curious about making these shifts in your own life, I invite you to schedule a free call with me. And during that call, we're going to talk about where you are right now. We're going to talk about some of the biggest roadblocks that you might be facing and where you'd like to go, and we'll see if it might be a fit to work together. If we are, great. I'll walk you through how it works. If it's not, it's totally fine. It will not hurt my feelings. The program is not for everyone, and you'll at least walk away with some clarity and value. But if it is a fit girl, we can make some damn magic happen. And that is what I live for. And if you're feeling like, hmm, this kind of sounds like me, but I don't know if I am that bad where I need to work with somebody. I want to be clear. And I want you to like check in with yourself too. That, talking yourself out of it, if it's kind of like, Wait, I think this is like my life, right? That is a signal that you are normalizing the pain that does not need to be there. And one fundamental differentiator about my approach is you are not broken. You do not need to be fixed. You don't, I'm not a person to fix you. You know, I am the facilitator, right? Like I'm the coach, I can mentor and guide with it. But you aren't broken you don't need to be fixed. You may have simply outgrown your container. And in my experience, that was the most liberating thing because all of the information that I was consuming, whether it was personal development, podcasts, books, you know, uh, uh whatever it is, all of those things, even like Netflix specials and documentaries, all of it, was like positioning me that something was wrong, something was broken, I had a disorder or some kind of problem. But it's not. It's not. You've just outgrown where you are. And of course, you can figure it out on your own. You are smart and you are capable as all hell. But in all honesty, it's hard to do it on your own. And it takes longer. And why be alone when you can have somebody in your corner who cares about your goals as much as you do and can accelerate the process for you? So if you want to explore what's possible, go to allisonhair.com forward slash schedule and grab a time in the next week. I would not wait. And let's talk. Okay. So here is the big news. You're going to see how this all ties together. Now, I will preface this by saying, I'm not a doctor, and I've heard of people self-diagnosing themselves from some of the experts that I have on this show. Talk to a professional if you have any suspicions about yourself on this. So I want to rewind for just a moment. I always felt like a different kid. Uh, I don't know if you felt this way. I don't know if everybody feels this way. I really wonder, is, is it you know d- does everyone kind of feel different or i don't know do you feel like everybody else it always bothered me when i was on dating sites many many years ago and people would say i'm just your regular average everyday guy why would i want to go on a date with an average everyday guy <laughs> okay but back to this so i i was i felt like i was just a different kid you know i was always a super deep thinker and I was always exploring the psychology of how people would behave and interactions. And I didn't feel like many people connected with me on that level growing up. Only a few. You know, I was not popular. I know this is so hard to believe, right? I wasn't popular. Uh, I was not a nerd, but I was more of a loud mouth. I know it, it's shocking, right? Right. But I wasn't the best in school and I wasn't the worst. I was average. I was average really at everything until I got into college and found the radio station. I wasn't good at sports. I wasn't really interested in much as far as like extracurricular activities, except for MTV. I would watch that shit like my kids watch YouTube endlessly today. I could still send anyone to school on 80s music, name that tune or music trivia. But in high school, I took my SATs three times and somehow I miraculously got dumber. I never got into my dream school, which at the time was Rutgers. And I tried multiple times and it really, really has haunted me my whole life on the suspicion that I'm not smart. And to this day, you know, there there are little ways that these kind of things, these these formative years really, you know, they really shape so much of how we show up today, right? You know, like to this day, it's really important to me that my spelling and my punctuation and writing and grammar is correct. It's clear, succinct, and not long-winded. Excuse this episode. I've got lots to cover, y'all. And that when I speak or when I share ideas, it's important that when I speak, it's intelligent, that it's thoughtful, it's helpful. It drives me absolutely bananas when people misunderstand me. So I try probably way too hard to make sure that I'm bringing value and a useful point of view. I won't even tell you the the behind the scenes stuff. Maybe you can watch me on the socials and I'll tell you the behind the scenes of even how I I kind of prepare for my solo episodes. But yeah, there is like a level of perfectionism. I'm not worried so much about everything having to be perfect or in its place. I'm not like a neat perfectionist. I think I'm a, technically a messy perfectionist. From that book, I can't remember the, uh, the author of the book. It's called... Um, The Perfectionist Guide to Losing Control, (laughs) which is such a smart title, is such a great book. But the perfectionism, right? Like of not being understood, of not feeling smart, of making sure that I am dotting every I and crossing every T and, and making sure that that is really important. So it's just a baseline here, right? And over the summer, at the age of 48 this past summer, I was diagnosed with ADHD. Now, big deal, right? Lots of people are are diagnosed with ADHD. I believe ADHD is a superpower, especially for entrepreneurs. So let me give you the scoop of how this went down because I think it might be super relatable on a few fronts. And my daughter was diagnosed with ADHD uh, late in the last school year. And while she's not really like the age part, she's not really that hyperactive. She does struggle sometimes with inattention. But I started to notice, especially over the summer without the structure uh, and exposure, the structure of school and being around her friends all the time, that she was all of a sudden just melting down over any little infraction, just very impulsive, very emotional. You know, really it, it was typically always triggered if somebody was talking over her or not including her, you know, or or dismissing her. Um, that seems to be a really big trigger. And, you know, as a parent, it, it's gut wrenching, right? Like it's it's gut it's gut wrenching as a parent to not really see that behavior before. You know, and then all of a sudden it's coming out in a way that's really, really big, you know, like big emotions, big feelings, big expression of it. And, you know, we were trying to navigate like how to support her with her impulses. And when I took her to be evaluated, I asked the, the you know, the facilitator, wait a minute, her outward expressions are exactly how I feel inwardly, but I've always learned how to manage it. Is it possible that I get to have it? And so, you know, like I was thinking, I mean, if I were to have it, it would just be like a tiny little bit. I mean, everyone struggles with focus, right? Like everyone blames it on social media. You can't even read an an article or even a long Facebook post. It's all of us, right? And, And that is part of it. And I don't struggle with time blindness, you know, like some of the ADHD, the traditional ADHD and attentiveness. I don't really forget things. I mean, just a smidge maybe, but turns out I got it. I do have it. And I've managed a lot of it very well. And then when I started looking backwards on my life, I thought, fuck. Damn, I had no idea. Maybe it really has been there all the time. And they say that ADHD is hereditary. And in many cases, and, and severely underdiagnosed, believe it or not, in, uh, in the world. Hence why more people are being diagnosed now. And there are all kinds of medicine shortages as a result. It, it really is a thing. But anyway, remember I told you that I don't really have problems with being on time. Well, I grew up with my mom and my mom was not just late to everything. She was fucking late to every damn thing. And I'm pretty sure there were times when she straight up forgot to pick me up from school, stuff after school. And mind you, she had six kids and my dad was gone, you know, so I don't know how she saw which way was up and was doing a lot of this on her own. But her being late to everything, to me, I had full-blown righteous anger about it. I thought she just couldn't get her shit together. She had tons of creative business ideas. She never followed through with them. And, you know, like, and she was brilliant. She was creative and she was fun and you know, vibrant and had all of these ideas. You see where this is going, like a little bit of this ADHD kind of stuff, you know? And I remember she would have an idea where she was excited. She was gonna go into business making custom gift baskets. And she filled our house with baskets of all types, wicker, metal, cute plastic shapes, paper grass filling, hot glue guns, cellophane wraps, tons of shit and ribbon to put in it. And my mom would announce to her friends, I'm open for business. And, you know, work work with me to get all your gift ideas handled. But that was the extent of it. She wasn't really marketing it continuously. There was no internet. It was almost like a mention on the side that she offered this cross her toes and fingers that her little business idea would magically take off or what we would call now, you know, like go viral. But instead, we ended up having a house and attic became a graveyard full of these unfinished business ideas that never moved and collected dust and rat droppings. And yes, I'm serious in our attic. It was a pretty visceral memory for me to see her struggling not only with crippling depression after my parents' divorce, but she was famous for being late. She would start new projects that she could never finish and struggling with profound regret and self-doubt, which turned into chronic illness as she progressed in her years. And I hate to admit it because now I look at my mother with so much more compassion than I had when she was alive. But I would see my mother and that became a cautionary tale for me. She was my what not to do. She was an amazing mother, but I watched her suffer and struggle. You know, they always say you're you're either running from something or running from fear or running towards pleasure. And I feel like most of my life was running from fear of, of, of making the same choices. So I would always make the opposite choices and just run at full pace. You know, I made sure that I was always on time, never late, always dependable, had my shit completely together. I worked out, stayed slim, you know, got therapy when I needed it and absolutely finish whatever I started. This was the architectural blueprint of what started out as a valiant attempt to right my mom's wrongs. Heed her warnings. She wanted me to be productive and uh, be self-sufficient and be able to earn a big income and have the independence and have the strength and courage and all of this stuff. I think she would be so proud of me. And I know when she died, she was very, very proud of the woman that I've become. And I know so much of that is because that's what she wanted as well. But it was different from her, right? Like, you know, I could, you know, guarantee that if I could always make money, my own money, I would never have to worry about paying the bills. And also was the perfect recipe for burnout, which I did. No wonder I was so tired. No wonder I was so fucking tired. You know, my body started rebelling towards the end of my corporate life. And I started waking up in the middle of the night, unable to breathe, and my heart was beating out of its chest. And I remember this one time I thought for sure I was dying and I was having a heart attack. I almost woke up my husband to call 911, but turns out I was having a panic attack. I'd never had those before. And I'm going to say this clearly and slowly. Burnout is a misalignment between your true desires and your daily activities. Burnout is a misalignment between your true desires and your daily activities. Everything in my daily activities, I dreaded. I had the Sunday scaries. I had like the permanent knot in my chest. And I felt like the mask I had to glue on every day on my Zoom calls or, you know, with my boss. And shit, I was, I remember, I was worried that he could see right through me, my boss, and see that it, it, like it was obvious that I was not sure how I was going to continue. And I mentioned this before, the tarot reader came to the rescue again, (laughs) and I get a reading from her done every year in January. And once again, I asked her, her name is Kelly, Kelly Knight, what am I going to do about my job? Every year I would ask her that. What am I going to do about work? What am I going to do about my job? I'm so good at so many things that aren't my job, but I don't know how to make it all work. And she pulled the cards and said, it's time to leave. And I was like, wait, what? All right. Must be a sign. Must be a sign. I somehow got my husband on board, waited a few months for some stocks to vest, and the rest is history. But as I start to learn even more about ADHD symptoms, masking is one of them. And I wonder if you have done this in your life too. Like you show up as you are expected to show up. You are checking the boxes of what society expects. And, you know, like this is not like some conspiracy theory that everyone is out to get you. I just think we have all collectively outgrown our containers and are realizing, wait a minute, this just doesn't fit anymore. There has to be a better way, you know? And so it's funny because... I wrote a blog a, a blog post about this a few months back and it's called Creating the Perfect Woman. I hope I remember. I'll link it in the show notes. And I feel like in your 20s and 30s, you're impressionable, impressionable enough where you are malleable. You might be thinking, Allison, what the fuck are you talking about? Malleable. I'll tell you a story. I was dating in my early 30s and it was so important to me you know, like being, I was like the quintessential single girl for like five years in my 30s. And I, it was so important to me that I wasn't clingy. I was the cool girl. I wasn't going to be needy or annoying. I was going to be caring and strong and thoughtful and kind and nurturing. I was going to be skinny. I was going to be pulled together, poised, smart, dressed to the nines all the time, active, social. I could get along and carry a conversation with anyone. I was going to be the absolute perfect specimen of a woman that a good man should want. I would see my friends act a fool and I'd be like, girl, don't do that. He's going to run from you. Y'all, you see where this is headed? Like I was trying to fit into somebody else's mold and it wasn't even mine, you know, like I, I wasn't in the equation. I just thought I could, I could be better. I could be perfect. I could be, you know, like flawless or the cool girl that wouldn't get, you know, bothered by stuff. I could relax. I wouldn't be hurt when, uh, when during a breakup. But man, I got hurt during breakups and I was always the one that did the breakup. I always preemptively broke up and I was the one that was painfully hurt over it. And I think it was like the threat of being alone. Again, watching my mom, you know, who was alone the rest of her life when, you know, when my parents divorced. So, you know, I feel like we do this. And again, I don't know if any of that is relatable, But I feel like we do this exact same thing in job interviews and in social settings, in our work environments. We are trying to be the unique butterflies that we are and stand out in a good way, but also still blend in and not be a weirdo. You know, then you get in your 40s and you realize, wait a minute, was this all bullshit? It kind of feels like this is bullshit. And you start to realize that what it is that you want and your partner want to have, you know, like what makes you happy? What's right for your kids? What kind of life do you and your partner want to have? And it isn't always what society is conditioned for you to believe. And I think this is why you and I are feeling that dissonance the outgrowing of our containers. My tarot reader, Kelly, she says, your energy is bigger than where you are. Your energy is bigger than where you are. Hmm. It's interesting, right? Another common trait in people with ADHD is rejection sensitivity. It's called a rejection sensitivity disorder. And while I never gave a shit I really did not give a shit about people telling me no in sales, you know, and for my job, I really did. And I still don't, you know, like I, I, I want to do right by them, but I'm not like deeply hurt and like under the covers or anything crying. You know, I really, while I didn't, you know, like I was, I was pretty good about it at work. I really was disproportionately feeling rejected with slights or whenever friends would say no or not include me in group plans or whatever it was. And it was, it was so crazy because I didn't, I, I think that once I left the corporate job, everything became so much more raw where you just feel it more. And, you know, kind of doing a reckoning with that has been really interesting. And I just did an episode on rejection sensitivity with Candon Phillips. So you can go to my show page and scroll back like two or three episodes and listen. And when I started to rewind, like, have I always had ADHD? I used to be late to everything. So I'm like the on-time girl now, right? I got fired from restaurant jobs because I could not get there on time. Kinetic King, if you're listening, I'm still mad that you fired me. We're friends on Facebook. I had tons of unpaid parking tickets in college because I would always screech into an area late as fuck, create my own parking space, and like run in late with like shit falling out of my hands, you know, of just trying to go in. AM meant Allison's missing because I could never wake up at a normal time. I didn't even drink in college, but I would like set three alarms people would call, I would have people call me to wake me up. My roommates, I would tell them to like would throw stuff at me because I wasn't waking up even with the 50 alarms that were going off. Nothing would work. Would work. I was sleeping. And just like I viewed my mom, I could not get my shit together, you know, like in the college years. And there was a lot of shame and embarrassment around this. And it's a far cry from now where I'm a total morning person and I can't sleep past 5.30 a.m. if I tried. But this also was through years and years of dedicated focus, commitment, and relentless desire to always appear like I had it all together. Do you have a similar story? Can you relate? You see why we're so tired. We're trying so hard just to keep up, right? With these images, with the mask, with whatever it is. And we're just tired. ADHD or not, I believe you were conditioned to overperform and overprove, especially as women, that you are worthy and belong at the big tables you were told you couldn't be at because of your gender, your education, the, the air is a little bit thinner up there, whatever your experience. But the question is, what happens when nothing changes? What do you do if, God forbid, you couldn't work anymore or something serious happens to your health or somewhere that you love where you just can't be everything for everyone? This is serious. This is not a drill. This is your life. You must take care of you while you have the capacity to take care of you the consequences of an unsustainable lifestyle with no end in sight are too important to sacrifice when you can make micro changes right now that have a macro impact long term. And again, I'm not talking about self-care of taking a bubble bath and getting that mommy makeover and You know, why work out when you can just get a surgery to fix it? And believe me, I've had a mommy makeover. It was horribly botched. I've had three surgeries to fix it. I did all of this. We're taking a spa day. This is a lifestyle redesign because what I've learned and what I've seen in working with my own clients is that when you start to get your energy and your time back, and I promise you, you can, the benefits are endless and immediate. You have the space and wherewithal to redesign and reimagine your world to be full. You can go as fast as you enjoy. And I get it. I love a full plate. I don't want an empty plate. I mean, maybe for a minute, right? But I, I want like a, a fun, vibrant, full life full of interesting things to do and adventures to go on but I want to make sure you aren't left with an empty cup with nothing left to give to the people you love or yourself. I love the concept of generators in human design. Human design is like a personality. I've, I've also done an episode on that as well. But as it illustrates this point perfectly, so like a generator is a type of the human design blueprint. And the generator or manifesting manifesting generator, forgive me if you're not familiar, you can look it up. But what it says is where you get your energy from when you are lit all the way up as a generator, whatever it is, when you are lit all the way up, it doesn't matter if you are or not. Everyone around you lights up and elevates your kids, your partner, your friends, When you are operating in your element and to your highest good, and you're taking good care of yourself, like real good care of yourself, you're prioritizing yourself in the midst of all of this very full, vibrant life, all of it. What do they say? I always get the saying wrong. All boats rise with the tide, something like that. But think about you being fully present, intentional with every aspect of your life. No more sleepwalking, no more like routines that are burning you out. You get to revive that passion and purpose that got you to where you are in the first place. But now you get to realign it where. It's what you truly desire and benefits your family, your soul, and everyone around you, your community, the world. It is that big and that important. So for my 49th birthday, here's my birthday wish. I want you to schedule a call with me and let's see what a breakthrough is like for you. And if you know somebody who really struggled, like I struggled with identity and over-functioning and you know, and is headed towards burnout, please share this episode and urge them to schedule some time with me. And if it's not me, if I'm not resonating, but you feel this, find somebody who does. Find somebody who resonates with you and have a conversation. Make a change, right? I am keeping my client roster tight as I am intensely focused on helping to create the outcomes that my clients want. So again, it won't be for everyone. But you owe yourself a chance to see what a more aligned path could look like for you. You can go to allisonhair.com forward slash schedule. I still have more to share, but I think I might save the rest for another time. If any of this episode was helpful, can you share this on your socials and tag me? Text it to a few friends who could relate and leave a written review It truly helps me craft an even better show for you. And hey, if you're going to spend the time listening, let me know what's on your mind. Let me know what you're struggling with and I can get experts on here to help. My DMs are open. You can DM me on the socials, whatever it is. I know I'm asking for a lot of gifts this birthday, but here's what I know. Nothing changes until something changes. And I want to see you thriving, whether it's me or on your own, just to make some kind of change or working with somebody else. And might as well make those changes on your terms while you have the opportunity sitting right in front of you. I am so grateful for your ears and your kind hearts. Like I said, there's nothing more gratifying than hearing from you and what you took away from each episode or what you've pushed back on. Thanks for listening. And until the next episode of Late Learner Podcast, I'll see you on the socials.